I wonder if you would pray with me, please. God of all there is and all that will ever be, open our hearts, our minds, our ears to have and hear the word that you have for each one of us. Each one that is yours as if they were the only one to love. Each one who has a special word meant only for them. Amen. You know, there are distinct memories that I have about being on journeys in my life that I didn't understand, only to find out when I reached my destination that they were as sacred as that of the wise men and the magi that we talk about today, because they always led me closer to God. They were journeys that led me out of my comfort zone, out of the reality I thought I knew as stable and concrete. And in each of them so far, they led me somewhere that was disorienting and scary for a minute. Until I stopped and I took a breath and I trusted my own mantra, which is that God always shows up. I never know how, I never know when, I never know through whom, but I know that even in my most vulnerable places, God is always present, shining like the star over the manger. Now, I know that that can seem easy for me to say, the one who stands in the pulpit and gets paid to talk about God, but I need you to know that I didn't always start out my understanding of myself as someone who was called to ministry or called to God at all. In fact, I really would have laughed out loud if you'd said to me as a young person that I would be standing in any pulpit anywhere teaching about Jesus someday. But what I did understand from that very young age is that I was seeking something different I was seeking something deeper, something I didn't have words for, and maybe that's something that you are seeking right now, your own selves. As theologian Stephen Bauman says, any seeker, whether by chance or authentic pursuit, can find his or her way to the manger. So our journeys are not so different, I think you and I, and all of us together, our human family, We may have gotten home by another road, as the wise men in the text, but they have brought us home here. They have brought us home to First Community Church, and they have brought us, I know, closer to God. The first time I remember seeing the light of God shine so brightly, I couldn't understand why no one else was seeing it was in a trauma room at Nationwide Children's Hospital. I was a young nurse in charge of the emergency room one evening when it is always busy and nonstop chaos, really. We received a a young man in full arrest, and full arrest means that his heart had stopped and CPR was in progress. As the ambulance came in and I went to meet them at the door in the back of the ambulance opened, a very familiar face got out of the ambulance and said to me, hi Kate, we're having a hard night. It was the mom of this young man who was 21 years old and I had taken care of him for many, many years of his life. And we ushered her and her son into our trauma bay. We worked really hard on that boy 
that young man. We tried everything that we knew how to save him, but that simply was not going to be. His illness had pro progressed to a point where he could not live anymore. So the doctors had pronounced her son after she stood at the end of the bed with me and rubbed his feet and told him how much she loved him and the staff slowly walked out of the room, which really was my cue to walk back in. And I pulled up a rocking chair and asked this mom if she would like to rock her son. And she said she would like nothing more than that. And there in our battle-ravaged trauma room as I turned around was the paeta. Do you know what that vision and image is? It's the Virgin Mary holding Jesus, loving Jesus after his death. I saw the nurses helping her wash his body as gently as I know they wash the body of Christ. I saw the physicians kneeling down to speak so gently to his mom, to speak of their own sorrow at her loss and how honored they had been to have known her son, and I was breathless. In this heartbreak, there was the blinding light of God, a bright star over a place I would never have expected. After leaving nursing, I journeyed into seminary, which seemed like the wilderness of my life. I was out of my element. I was no longer an expert at anything. I felt lost 100% of the time. In order to graduate from seminary, we needed to do a cross-cultural experience, and I had planned to go to Jerusalem as the great academic theologian. I would go to the place of Jesus and walk the roads of Christ. However, that trip did not seem to pan out, and I ended up scheduling myself to go to El Salvador. I didn't want to go there. I knew nothing about El Salvador. I didn't know anyone going on this trip. And quite frankly, I didn't know at that point in time if I belonged in seminary any longer. As I boarded the flight, I remember thinking that if something didn't click during this experience, if something profound did not happen, I was gonna go back to nursing after upending my family for the last five years of my seminary experience. During my time in El Salvador, we visited a village named Copapayo one day and heard from the lone survivor of a horrible massacre in that town. This was during the armed conflict of the 80s when the government of El Salvador was killing its own people and I heard from this young man named Guillermo about how he alone escaped his village after the army had really massacred everyone else. This village, Copapayo, it sits on a big lake, a big lake like one of our great lakes. And he said he knew that in order to save the next village, he needed to jump in that water and swim across. He couldn't go by land because the, arm, the army was there. So he, the only way he was gonna be able to do that was to swim across the water and he couldn't swim. And he was seven years old. But in this lake, there are giant lily pads that grow. And the lily pads honestly are as big, I don't know if you've ever seen lily pads that big, but they are as big as this pulpit top. And he said, and I jumped in and I pulled myself across the river on those lily pads. The bottom is so dense that he could stand on them. And he said, and I took the light of the moon 
And I took that light and I pulled myself towards that light and when I got tired, I rested. And you know what he said? He said those pads, they held me and they let me sleep and rest for a while. And all I could think about was the, the disciples in the boat with Jesus when it was so stormy and they only just needed to rest for a while. He made it to the other side and he made it in order to tell the town that they needed to evacuate in order to survive. I was in a boat at this point in time and we were traveling to the new town that Guillermo lives in, the new town that was created after that horrible event, the new town that on the hill was a church and I could see it shining brightly and the reason I could see it shining brightly was the steeple was made of plates. Each family was asked to give their best to the church, to God, and what they could come up with was one plate apiece. So they shined the plates and they put the plates on top of the steeples and the plates shimmered in the sunlight. And as I looked at that, my hand to God, I heard a very clear voice say to me, it is true, Kate, it is all true. And I knew in the sunshine, on that lake, and on those plates, and in the brightness of the day that God was there too. That resurrection was true. New life was true. And that God was and is true and present. On this Epiphany Sunday, the Sunday the wise men traveled to reveal the birth of Jesus, I read these words and hear them also to be very true. Everyone, all of us, you and I, who happens to worship on Epiphany has their own story to tell concerning their pathway to the manger. Some may have no idea who lies there. Others may have mistaken ideas about the swaddled child. Nevertheless, all of us who are present, all of us who show up are present due to the prompting of God who initiates our asking and our seeking and our finding. Just as we understand the Magi to be authentic spiritual searchers, I wonder if you can consider yourselves and your own sacred journeys in the very same way. Where in your own life, in the ordinary or the extraordinary, has the light of Christ appeared to you or those that you love? Can you ask yourself this day and all days, where do I see the light of Christ? Where do I see the light, the star over the manger? According to Barbara Brown Taylor, the church has a word for this. When we tell the stories of our encounters with God in community, in nature, in the chambers of our own heart, we give testimony to the ongoing revelation of the word made flesh those words that we heard Christmas Eve. And in giving that testimony, we are able to fashion ourselves to a discipleship likened to that of a type of shining, a shining which recalls the light from the star that shined on the Christ child. Just as Jesus tells each of us we are welcomed as if we are the only ones to welcome at the communion table, the world's largest feast, so he also tells us that we, you and I, are the light of the world. So we ask us to let that light shine before others. So in this epiphany season, let us be fed together, worship together, 
and remember as disciples of Christ to whom the Spirit has been given that we are the ones whom the light of Christ will shine forth from, illuminating someone's sacred journey and leading them closer to God.